TalkZone.com. TalkZone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to the home of Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com. Once again, everybody, it's Friday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and it is Motivation with a Purpose. I'm Rich Halstrom, and right by my side, as usual, co-host Zeke Bambolo. And Zeke, time for a little oxygen for our relationships this morning with Garrick Pang and Noel Mador from Stronger Families. Oxygen makes us stronger. We breathe well. That's what we need to survive. So nice tie-in. We're going to have a wonderful time with a couple of great fellas. They are doing some tremendous work out there. And uh, this organization we're going to learn more about. And, and you know, it's right up my alley. I, I spent a lot of time with multi-generational family legacy, successful family legacy. This is all right there where our organization is tying together really well. They do the marriage thing. We bring a, a, a little bit more of an encompassing look at the whole family structure, but we go hand in hand, so I am excited to hear that their, their, their talk. Now, Zeke, before the show, you let me in on the fact that you've actually taken the Oxygen for Your Relationship seminar, and I just want to get your personal thoughts just a little bit here, right at the beginning of the show. Don't divulge too much. I'm sure there's a few stories in there you could uh, let us in on later, but... Uh, what do you remember from the relation from the uh, You're seminar? A very nice guy, my co-host and brother. Uh, yes, indeed. You know what? Um, my wife and I, uh, after I got a chance to meet Garrick, we talked a little bit, realized how we connected, and I said, you know what? He, he asked me to come out and and visit his seminar and listen to to their presentation, and and so we took it. And it, I mean, I will spend some talk, hopefully, talking with them today about some of the things that we discussed uh, that I heard him talk about and heard them present through a seminar, but it is a phenomenal seminar. It's very, I mean, for my wife and I, just a, a quick in, uh, uh, highlight, I guess, is the moments when we, the moments we spend talking to each other and having an opportunity to just speak one-on-one intimately about some of our, about relationship and where things are and kind of, you know, there are a couple of tests that I would like to talk, I like Noah and Gary to talk about later as well, that it's, it's just, I know, I think it was very refreshing. We were fortunate to come out with some very good scores on some of the things that they do, but my, I was, it was revealing and very helpful for us as a husband and wife moving forward knowing that we are indeed on the same page and have a, a common language that we can speak going forward. So it's, it's, it's a tremendous opportunity. And as we know, Zeke, communication is a great key for all relationships. And that's probably where, communi- where re- all relationships start is communication. And communication is very important to keep up your relationship with Motivation with a Purpose, the radio show, right here on TalkZone.com every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time. When you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us right here at TalkZone.com or on Facebook at MWP Radio AM or on Twitter at MWP Radio Man. Or once again, right back here on TalkZone.com on the various different channels that we are on. We are on the TalkZone Talk channel, the TalkZone Christian channel, and the TalkZone New Horizons channel. And with that, Zeke, it's my very good pleasure this morning to introduce our two very special guests from Stronger Families. Garrick Pang has extensive experience in the nonprofit world and a heart and passion for strengthening marriages and families. Born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, Garrick has worked in higher education, real estate, nonprofit management, and served as a pastor in small, medium, and mega church settings, and has worked overseas as a soccer playing missionary in 25 countries. And Noel Mador serves as executive director for Stronger Families in Seattle, Washington. In this role, he is dedicated to strengthening families and marriages and ultimately affecting the community at large. He has been a part of marriage outreach, pastoral counseling, and marriage education since 2001. And we invite them both to the Motivation with a Purpose microphones this morning. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. 
Let's get stu- let's get right into it. When we talk about the oxygen seminar and what you guys are trying to do, give us a description of what your mission is. Well, this is this is Noel, and uh, thank you for having us on the show. Um, we're grateful to be able to share some of the things that we've been able to uh, help couples succeed in their marriage and uh, have a better relationship. And, uh, you know, I think it really starts with this understanding of uh, because we love poorly, we have to forgive frequently. And uh, I think a lot of times couples, when they come to our oxygen program, they're in this vicious cycle of, because they're not loving, I mean, it's, it's easy to fall in love, but staying in love is a, is a challenge, I think, in our society at large. And so for us, it really brings it back to that place of um, the need for forgiveness and the ability to communicate that, the wants and needs in the relationship. So I know that we're going to be spending some time talking about this, but that's kind of just a general overview of, of what we experience as we take these couples through um, usually eight to ten hours of time together with them. When we talk about forgiveness, what's the first way that we can learn to for, we can learn to forgive so we can start this process? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I think um, forgiveness is ultimately the understanding that uh, it's not about the other person. It's really, it starts with ourselves. And uh, you know, whether you're the one that needs to do the forgiving or the one who um, owes that forgiveness. Uh, I think it comes down to those who choose to live in that place of unforgiveness. Uh, in a in a sense, I think we've all heard this. It's it's one of those things where you're the one that's actually drinking the uh, the poison and hoping the other one's affected by it, right? And uh, in reality, the the one who's um, holding that unforgiveness uh, ultimately is the one that um, feels the pain and the and the and the, the angst over uh, unforgiveness in their own in their own relationship. Good. Garrick, uh, this is Zeke here. It seems like um, you could probably tell us a few stories uh, in your in your time, some obstacles that you probably faced that has motivated you to be in this role as a marriage educator. Can you give us some insight into your world and how you came to this to this position? I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Are you asking for Garrick or Noel? I was asking for Garrick. I was asking for Garrick to give us some insight into his world and how he came to this position as a marriage educator from the, from, uh, the Stronger Family standpoint. Yeah, well, I um, myself just uh, hit the 20-year mark back in March of marriage. Uh, but uh, at year seven, my wife and I hit a pretty big speed bump. And as we like to say, the wheels almost fell off. And and I think it was uh, what Noel's already shared about in terms of the process of forgiveness and, and recognizing the reality of the fact that as, as young people, we're not really given skills and practical tools for for what it means to have a successful marriage, what it looks like. And so we had to kind of fumble our way through, and by God's grace, and, and uh, we each sought out um, some personal counseling as well as uh, of, of doing some couples therapy. And, and those types of pieces really helped to make a difference. And I can tell you this, if we had oxygen... We had oxygen for our relationships, if we, in, as in the seminar. Um, I tell you, we would have uh, alleviated and, and probably eliminated a lot of, of angst that we had to go through in the process. Gentlemen, it sounds all. It sounds good. You, I, I know we will spend a lot more time because I do know I have a lot of questions for you about oxygen. But before we get there, I don't want us to forget uh, some fun, t- tremendous work that you are doing that we may not get a chance to talk about as much later. You have your hands in some of the most unique areas and most. Uh, strategic areas of our, our society when it comes to our military families. And I want to, before we get far into this interview, I want, to, I want you to tell us a little bit more about what you are doing. What are some things you are seeing with our military families when it comes to oxygen and the marriage work that you are doing and how strategic it is to these young men and women coming out of the service and so forth or in the service. Tell us a little bit about, I know you are around the world doing great stuff for our military, so tell us about what you're doing there, please. Go ahead, Dolph. You got yeah, you know, um, I think the, uh, we have such a high regard and respect um, for our military men and women that serve on the front lines, um, sacrifice so much for us uh, in ways that I don't think any of us really understand. I mean, I think we, we get the, uh, the association, if you know someone who's served, 
Um, but when you've actually sat down and, and had a conversation uh, in length with some of these that have gone downrange and have um, been exposed to battle in Afghanistan and Iraq, um, there's just a tremendous appreciation for the service that they've sacrificed for our freedom back at home. And um, so it's a real honor for astronomer families to come alongside these couples. Um, we just, we are, um, we feel very blessed uh, just because of the, uh, the chance to work alongside these couples to see them not have to sacrifice when they get back home. And I think that's the real challenge is that, you know, you, you throw in uh, just one deployment and how much that changes an individual. And, and then you talk about that marriage and how it's affected by, um, what they call the new normal when they're coming home. Um, but, you know, that, that's just one deployment, yet most of the couples that we're working with, we're talking two to three, four, upwards of five deployments in the last 10 years that they've um, been exposed to. And the challenges, they're unique, um, very unique to that population in terms of how do you, how do you maintain a, a solid, healthy, strong marriage in the face of, you know, up, upwards of nine to, to 15 months of separation. I mean, I think a lot of us, we have our challenges just being married and we get the, we get the blessing of every day waking up with our spouse right next to us. And, and yet these couples have gone through um, tremendous challenges of just having to um, contend really for their marriage. And um, so, yeah, for us, I, you know, we're right now, we're partnered with the USO and they've been a huge sponsor behind um, what we're doing in the military. Uh, we're also working with um, special ops, uh, special forces, um, and, uh, and even, even here locally, uh, we're based out of Seattle. We have a pretty big presence at Joint Base with McCord, working with many of the chaplains um, to, to work alongside and, and to walk alongside these couples. Noel, you, you, you just, uh, you know, you've given us some great picture there of the extent, the length of time of deployment and all those things that we very much take for granted. We're here, we live in our world, we're going to work, driving our cars, we're not seeing those extended times of, of a distance between ourselves and our wives, and we tend to absolutely disregard how important or how uh, critical that, that distance is, especially under the pressures of war. So, I, I want you to even give us a deeper view, if you can, into some of the numbers, if you have any. I mean, what are some numbers that we've seen of when it comes to divorce in the military families? Can you just give us some highlights? You know, hopefully nothing too, hopefully I'm not stretching too much. But what can you tell us about that that will give us a deeper picture into the world of the military and what we're dealing with and what you're fighting up against here? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, a, a great question, Zeke. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times there's this uh, kind of this... Uh, perception in our society that if you're in the military, that means that you have a, a high chance of divorce or there's going to be, you know, um, and, and when in fact, I mean, yes, there is divorce, but I would say that when you look at it across the spectrum of our national norm, the national norm of divorce is actually fairly low. And I, and I think it's credit to our military. They are extremely resilient. Um, these couples, I can't tell you, I've sat in the room with uh, double amputees that um, were, uh, you know, uh, went through the awful, um, you know, IED uh, uh, explosion and, uh, you know, and yet here they're, they're fighting through not just the physical pain and, and, and the abnormal, um, you know, uh, conditions that come with some of these things, but they're also, you know, uh, some of them have the best marriage that I've, uh, you know, that I've, I've, that I've known. And I'm just, I'm sitting there thinking about the resiliency of this couple who's, you know, fought for their marriage. Um, so I guess stats coming back, yeah, I mean, there, there is. Um, there are some alarming stats that go along with it. And I think it depends on the population um, that you're looking at within the military. Um, uh, right now, the, 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 the latest research is like 3.5% of those who are in our armed, uh, in our armed forces um, will experience divorce, which is pretty low, um, actually, when you think about it. Um, and yet, I think the other part of this is that uh, – what's that – What's that saying? Um, uh, if it doesn't break you, it'll make you stronger. And I think that's really what happens with a lot of the military families that we've worked with is that these multiple deployments, they're either going to make you stronger or they're going to break you. And, and our goal is that it will make them stronger in the process. They'll have a healthier or satisfying marriage because they've gone through these, these times of um, difficulty and challenges rather than breaking them and, uh, and, and ending up in, 
the unfortunate reality of, of divorce. Garrick and Noel, how has uh, marriage education changed in about the last 10 or 12 years, or has there really been a change? Significant change. Uh, there's a ton of, ton of research out there today um, showing the positive effects of marriage education. And, um, you know, I'll just I'll share just a sample of the data that we uh, have uh, as part of the Oxygen program, which, you know, we, when we developed this whole program and the seminar um, that we, we put on for these military couples, it's in the context of, you know, it's a group environment where we generally have 15 to 25 couples who are in the room. And you know, before they come, they take these assessments that are very much about their relationship, look at growth versus strength areas um, that they're dealing with personally. Also, what's motivating them at the time of, um, you know, the seminar. And, you know, we spend eight to 10 hours, I think I mentioned, you know, usually upwards of two days where we're just, this is just time with them to help them develop an action plan, a support system. How do they, how do they navigate, you know, some of the, the, the challenges in their relationship, whether that's communication, conflict resolution, sex and intimacy, forgiveness, uh, we pretty much cover everything. Um, and, and, and here's the exciting news for us. Um, you know, we just, we just did a, uh, we have a team of researchers um, with Prepare and Rich, and we measure these couples um, before they attend one month after they've gone through the program, and then again at six months. And um, uh, we just got back some, some some data on 207 participants that have gone through, and they were measured at the six-month standpoint. And um, I'm just pulling it up here to give you the, uh, the, the, the data that we just got back. Um, Eric, you want to jump in there while I find this? <laughs> you bet. Yeah, one of the things in, in answer to your question in terms of how marriage education has changed in the last 20 years, I think especially there has been a, a market shift to um, the practical. Um, I think, I mean, there are all kinds of marriage materials that were written and all kinds of books that are out there a couple of decades ago because that's when I was married. And so, you know, you look at some of those things and, um, and they were very kind of theoretical and they were kind of like, okay, you should do this, you shouldn't do this. But I think today uh, couples are finding that the experiential types of um, engagement uh, related to um, marriage education is so much more powerful. So, for example, with our oxygen program, rather than um, just having couples come and, and we just kind of fill their heads with all this information, in every chapter, uh, each, uh, each couple has a breakout time where they begin to interact around the material. So then when they leave, it's not so much that, okay, now what do we do now that we have all this information, but they're actually starting to do it right there in, um, in the seminar. And, uh, I, and I know Zeke, Zeke and his wife were able to uh, experience one of our oxygens. And as you guys were leading into the program, I heard him start to, to, uh, to share about his experience, but, but then my, my my side cut out. I couldn't hear anything. So maybe you've already covered this a little bit, Zeke. But uh, but for us, it's really important to help the couples um, to be engaging with one another um, because you know often that's one of the biggest problems in relationships is that yes, you might have the same goals, you might have a common faith, um, but you know the busyness of life, especially when you start having children, you end up just kind of living these parallel lives that don't connect. And so we want to give couples the skills and the tools, and then we want to get them to start practicing it so that when they come out of the seminar, it's already a part of what they're doing and, and who they are. And, I mean, we, we get common feed, constant feedback, regular feedback from couples who say, even at, just at the end of the seminar, I can see that our relationship has already improved. Garrick. Uh, can I give you enough time to find those staff? Yeah, I did. Let me just—it's pretty fascinating. I mean, you know, when you talk about communication, conflict resolution, and then like overall relationship satisfaction, and we've had this this um, group of 207 participants when they when they started, or actually the pre-valuation, um, the mean score was 42.4, and then at the six-month mark, it was at 60.8 uh, for the post-test, and that was for communication. Then conflict resolution, they started at 39.09. And, the, and then by the six-month point, they were at 65 for the post-test. And then overall satisfaction in the relationship went from 
to 71, um, which are pretty pretty uh, significant jumps in terms of just in six months what uh, the the increase in marital satisfaction for these couples. So. Yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, thank you so, uh, so much for sharing that, too. And when we, when we come back, I want to touch on, um, you know, yes, Derek, as I sat through that uh, auction seminar, one of the things that my wife and I, when we got the initial email that said you have to go through the couple's check and so forth, we were pretty skeptical, like, uh, I don't know, what do we want to do this? You know, it's not just another, another activity to all these marriage seminars. And uh, um, that was so incredible to be able to go through the couple's checkup and come back and we laughed so much yet and still we had some serious conversations. So when we come back from break, guys, I want us to dive into that because I think that is the true uniqueness of your seminar in that if a couple really applies, uh, they apply themselves, they can come up with some tremendous understanding of each other and some common language that I think produces the scores that you just shared for us, Noel. So we'll be right back with, to talk with Noel Mader and Garrett Pang here on Motivation with the Purpose on TalkZone.com for, as we take off on the other side of this break. So please come back and join us. You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose, where our guests today are Garrick Pang and Noel Mador from Stronger Families. And gentlemen, we're having a great conversation about relationships. Tell us a little bit more about the couple's checkup and what you think is even you, more unique about it as compared to other programs. Tell us a little bit more. Well, let me just say one of the unique things about Oxygen, the couple checkup is a part of that. This curriculum, Noel is actually the um, architect of, uh, of Oxygen. And I say architect because what he actually did was he brought together a compilation of some of the best material and curriculum that are out there on marriage and and basically kind of compiled together a best-of-the-best best curriculum. So the couple checkup, which is um, by Prepare and Enrich, they are a part of Life Innovations out of Minnesota. Uh, they've been going for 30 years, um, and I'll let Noel talk a little bit more about that. But we also have um, Dr. Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages, um, Love and Respect from Emerson Egridge. Uh, we use pieces from Mylon and Kay Yurkovich's uh, How We Love, and so there's all kinds of great pieces that, that are um, kind of put into this curriculum, and that's part of what, what makes it special. So, Noel, do you want to talk a little bit about the couple checkup? Sure. You know, um, I think one of the things that we uh, saw the value in is that there's, there's uh, something to be said about when you come to a marriage event, um, you know, you can learn principles which are always valuable and there's truth behind those principles that are going to change your marriage. But it's also, I think, um, what, what's specifically going on in our marriage that's relevant to where we're at right now. And that's really what the couple checkup does. It allows you to get a, basically an X-ray into your relationship. And it looks at nine different areas from communication, conflict resolution, forgiveness, um, roles and responsibilities, uh, finances, parenting. I mean, it looks at all these different areas and it, and it basically maps out what are the growth areas we would call, you know, more of the weaknesses, things that need to be worked on versus the strengths in your relationship. And within within 30 minutes of taking this online assessment, the couple has something that would probably take close to eight to 10 hours of counseling to get down to. Um, and so for us, it's really allowed our um, seminars to be tailored to what are those growth areas as a group as a whole you know, what are the things that we need to focus on? You know, for some groups, when, when they come in, you know, they're off the charts in terms of growth area for communication and conflict resolution. So as our facilitators who are trained in this process, they are able to really say, okay, we need to spend substantial time helping these couples learn how to communicate better and resolve conflict. Whereas other seminars, it might be that the growth area is more around, you know, sex and intimacy. That's, you know, a huge growth area. And so we're able to um, essentially a tailor the seminar experience based on the group as a whole, what are the greatest areas of growth that we can help move these couples into a place of strength? That sounds great. Guys, I have a unique question for you. How can men specifically prepare themselves to be better prepared for marriage? 
Uh, that's, that's an excellent question. And um, I think really one of the keys uh, that, that I think men have to do is, and, and but let me just back up a sec before I get into that answer, because I, I think one of the things that oxygen really tries to do for, for, for both uh, sexes is that it tries to help us to be who it is that God created us to be. Um, one of the, the problems, I think, in our society today is that um, we tend to try, we're trying to make women be more like men, and we're trying to make men be like women. And um, Mark Gunger, who uh, does Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, and his, uh, some of his stuff is a part of our, our program as well. Um, but he says that you, you ask a lot of women to describe their perfect guy, and basically they're describing another woman. Another woman. <laughs> and, uh, and the reality is, is that God designed us differently. And so the key is, and this is getting to the answer now in terms of what men need to do, is need to recognize who we are as men but the best thing that we can do is also to understand what what woman's what a woman's needs are, so that in the context of who we are as God created us to be men, that um, that we also can understand then what the needs are, the emotional needs of our of our spouse, so that way uh, we can come in armed and equipped, um, not just to kind of say, well, I'm the man, I'm in charge, you got to have it my way to be sensitive to that. And I think that's what that scripture talks about when it says that we are supposed to give ourselves for our wives as Christ did for the church. In that passage, I mean, the reality is, is that if we're to give ourselves for our wives as Christ did for the church, then we need to be thinking of her before we think of our own needs. And so uh, in the context of that, not becoming um, kind of domineering and kind of being um, well, I'm the man, do it my way, but say, well, what are her needs? And Jesus did that. He said, well, what are the needs of these people? And, of course, uh, we needed a Savior, he, and, and he died for us. And, and this is what I think God is calling us to do as men. And that's really what we talk about in our first chapter when we look at the differences between men and women, looking at the differences of our emotional needs. Um, that's when we, we utilize some of um, Dr. Egridge's information about love and respect and how Women's base emotional needs is more around love, and for men, it's more around um, respect. Uh, Noel, do you want to add anything, or do you guys have a question about about what I shared? Yeah, uh, I certainly could chime in here, um, but you know, I, I think for for me, when I think about men getting ready to 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 lead, and um, whether that's you know on the job or in a marriage. Um, there's there's a responsibility to step up into that place of leadership. And I think one of the things that we're seeing, uh, there's kind of a cultural trend for a lot of men is that uh, it's this area of passivity where guys are kind of just stepping back. And I think it's part of what culture has portrayed men as kind of the weak, um, kind of the, uh, the um, aloof husband or father. And, and that is so counter to what God's called men to be. And that's to step up in that place of leadership. And so a lot of, you know, what we, what we tend to see is passivity, um, not necessarily in their professional. I think a lot of guys step up when it comes to leading and taking charge in the workplace. But when they come home, it's almost, they translate into the, this place of um, leadership to uh, just take a passive uh, uh, stance when it comes to my marriage and my family. And um, what ends up happening is that the wife then kind of becomes controlling, and it usually comes in the form of nagging and complaining. And, and it's really because out of fear that she's not seeing this place of leadership, that she actually is wanting and needing in the relationship from her husband, she begins to take on these you know, negative uh, areas of, 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 of the relationship, which is you know, generally the outcome of nagging or complaining. Um, and it feels controlling to him, but in reality, what she's wanting, what she's trying to communicate is stand up, take a lead, lead our family, not just, not just in, in, um, you know, the, the affairs of, you know, day-to-day <laughs> operation, but in the place of spiritually leading our family and, 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 and loving like Derek shared, I mean, uh, Christ loved the church. I mean, just as, you know, husbands love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. I think that's one of the areas that guys, we need to step up and, take a lead and say, we're going to start there about sacrificially, um, unconditionally loving our wives. 
Guys, I will be your guinea pig because you, we, Rich asked a tremendous question and he asked that question here and may we all be aware that we are just about in the eve of Father's Day. So uh, how perfect that we, I mean, that we're talking about something here about men, especially in this, in this segment of our show. But let me be your guinea pig, you know, and put on your oxygen hat because as you speak about that, Noel and Garrick, uh, my score, when we did the flag page, Test my scores, for example, getting pig again, like I said, uh, peace 201, fun 138, control 135, and perfect 119. And you have these different areas. But you look at a man and a woman, you come up with a very, you know, unique way for us to look at our life and who we are and how we relate to our spouses. And, uh, and the fact that I may be in peace country, for example, may be that I'm supposed to be this man that is very, that wants, wants to avoid confrontation and, and just want to keep things just low and mellow, you know, yet and still, uh, give us some insight to what I just described for you. How would you perceive a man, obviously, as we talk about this, with some of those scores that I just gave you as your guinea pig here? Yeah, so go, go over your scores again for us, Zeke. You had Peace Country at the top. Peace was 201. Fun was 138. Control, 135. And Perfect, 119. Okay. Well, first of all, Noel, do you want to explain what Zeke is talking about in terms of the whole flag sure. page? Because that is a part of our curriculum as well. Uh, do you want to yeah, do that, so, Noel? Yeah, sure. The flag page, I mean, really, uh, it maps out you know, what country you're living out of. And there's four different countries, and you covered them. Um, but uh, it also looks at the top five motivations. There's 56 motivations that you can choose from in this assessment. And you're basically casting emotional votes towards each one of these 56 motivations. And it frames it in the, in the, in the context of those motivations. That's what you're living out of day in and day out. You're motivated by these certain attributes. And um, you're talking about more of the countries and like kind of what, what country are you living out of? And it's pretty obvious. I mean, peace fund tends to be, um, you know, it, that, that combination, as you said, avoids confrontation at all costs um, when it comes to a, in the relationship, whether that's with a spouse, coworker, kids. I mean, it really is across the board. But I think um, kind of relating this back to men, whether you're from peace fund like you are, Zeke, or, or myself, which I'm control perfect, which I'm on the other uh, side of the spectrum, which when it comes to confrontation, I have no problems with it. I'll step right into the place of confrontation. Um, I think God's uniquely uh, wired us. There is no right or wrong in this equation um, that your style of leadership is going to be different than my style of leadership, but that still doesn't give us the, um, the pass or, you know, the, um, you know, you get 200 when you pass go uh, to have to avoid stepping in that place of leadership in the home. And that, that leadership is going to look different. I mean, you're going to lead differently than I am, Zeke, but we're still asked to step up and lead. And, and, and I think some of the best leaders are actually the profile that you described, Zeke. They're, they're the peace fund. They're able to, um, they lead by example. They don't necessarily have to use a whole lot of words, but just the presence of them um, in the room, you can tell that they're, they're leading from a place of uh, uh, still quiet um, and maybe not out there in front, but effective leadership. The other thing about your personality type, Zeke, as you look at all your scores, um, they're all over 100. And what that means is that um, that you actually understand and can navigate in each one of these countries, as they call them. Um, so typically your top score is your your home country. That's where you live most of the time. And certainly your score being over 200 in peace country would lend itself to you being in peace country a lot. But your fun and control country scores are only separated by three points, which means right. that you'll go in and out of those. So you could very easily be control um, as your adopted country. And But but because your scores are all over 100, um, you may actually find yourself conflicted at times, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of this battle between fun country, which tends to be less thinking about, about uh you know, the uh, the order of things, but at the same time, you have perfect country in you as well, so so then you would like things to be more in order, so you may find yourself conflicted <laughs> at times, because, I, and the reason I can say this is because my scores are similar. I have fun as my home country, control as my second, uh, my adopted country, but, uh, but as Noel said, all of these combinations, um, 
it's a it's a wonderful, beautiful thing of, about the tapestry of how God has created um, His creation. Amen. Uh, there, there are there are no two of us alike. Even identical twins are going to score differently on this based on their experiences and on how they live. And and this is the great thing within a marriage when you when and and the key behind and the reason that this is a part of our program is because as couples can can understand their their spouse's flag as far as their motivations basically we are handing you a key that unlocks the heart of your spouse because mm. if you know how your spouse is motivated then um, then you're able to to say oh, okay well this is this is how I should speak to them this is how I can uh, better articulate to them which gets back to that question before as far as as guys, how can we prepare better for marriage? I mean, by having the keys to your spouse's heart, I would say that would help a lot. Noel, would you just share that story um, about your garage cleaning thing uh, based on what your wife's um, flag is? I think that's a great illustration yeah. of this. Yeah, so so as I said, I, I'm control perfect, and uh, my wife is actually fun control. And uh, so we, we relate on the control factor, which obviously has some... Uh, We've, there's there's been some marital moments along that um, along those lines, but uh, um, you know when it when it comes to the kind of the, the orientation of my world and how I think about life is it's very task focused about getting things done, and so sometimes I can translate stuff that I'm doing at work right into the home life, and you know there's times early in our marriage where we didn't understand this kind of dynamic in our relationship where I'd be coming home thinking, well, we've got to organize this garage, it's been a mess, and you know. I really can't have fun until that gets organized. And so I would, you know, proceed on Friday, you know, as I'm coming home to say, honey, I think it'd be really good for us to spend the weekend cleaning the garage. And, you know, she would instantly go into this. You've been working all week and let's just have some fun. Cause that's where she's living out of, you know, that her country is like the radar of fun and how are we doing in that department? And uh, so we get into these, uh, these, you know, um, discussions about, you know, what, when should we clean the garage? When should we not, when should we, you know, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, having a chance to, to, um, use this. And then we, and I, my wife and I actually wrote this part of the, uh, program where we took the flag page and we realized, man, there's a significant thing that's coming out of these countries, but there's also, we wrote this part called, um, the three R's, which is how do you relate? How do you reinforce? And how do you, um, respond based on what country your spouse is from? And so, as I was writing this about my wife and looking at, you know, here she's from fun country. I was writing out, like, how do I respond? How to relate and reinforce Carissa? Um, the reinforce part, it was really fascinating because in that, um, it, you know, the, the strategy of reinforcing someone from fun country is that um, you need to take on tasks, but also in taking on those tasks, make sure that it's connected to something fun. And so my example that Derek was alluding to was, I came home and I said, hey, I really think it's, you know, we should clean the garage this weekend. And then after we clean the garage, we're going to go out and have a night on the town. You and I, we're going to have a date and we're going to go dancing, which she loves dancing. And I watched this reaction because I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get this kickback of, oh, don't do the garage this weekend. And she's like, I'm so in. Let's go do it. And, you know, she was in the garage before I could and she's, you know, making things happen because for her, it was all about connecting it to this fun environment after the task was completed. So um, just those little insights can go a long ways in terms of understanding how do you relate, reinforce, and respond to your spouse based on what country they're from. Great advice, gentlemen. We'll have more oxygen for your relationship on Motivation with a Purpose after this time out. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, indeed. You are on Motivation with a Purpose on TalkZone.com. It's Friday afternoon just about here in Seattle, Washington, on this side of the world. But we have had a tremendous guest, and it doesn't matter where you are. This is for you. We are talking with Garrick Pang and Noel Mador of Stronger Families and speaking about their oxygen seminar for marriage. Put some oxygen back in your marriage. Gentlemen, uh, maybe I'll, I'll lean on Garrick a little bit here to, to start on this section. 
Gig, um, when we, you know, we talked a little bit a while back, and I do a lot in my own uh, uh, area of, uh, of, of work here with multi-generational family legacy. So for this segment, we want to take this discussion to how you see uh, this Oxygen Seminar and what you're doing with Marriage and Stronger Families, really pouring into now the next generation, our children. How should we be teaching our kids about marriage when you look at the Oxygen Seminar and what Stronger Families stands for? Well, that's an excellent question, Zeke, because, uh, you know, one of the, the sad um, realities of, of our culture today is the fallout from divorce. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, and, and certainly it is true that children are resilient, but the, the reality and, and the pain and the hurt and the heartache um, goes so much deeper um, and, and certainly gets passed on generationally. So, um I mean, some of the things that happen as a result of of keeping your marriage intact, um, some of the, the very tangible things, uh, for example, if you're going through a difficulty, a hard time in your relationship, a lot of times uh, the false thinking out there is to say, well, it didn't work out, I married the wrong person, and so I'm just going to have to find the right person. Well, the reality is it's not so much about finding the right person, it's more about becoming the right person. And what this does then is that as you're able to work through something that's a challenge in your relationship, and, and again, in Oxygen, we try and give you the tools for that, what the message that it sends to your children is that, hey, kids, uh, marriage is tough. Marriage is not easy. But we are working through our differences, we are working through our challenges, and we're overcoming them. And what was once a challenge in your relationship now becomes a strength area. It becomes an area of, of deeper resiliency. And so I think the biggest message that we send to our children as we persevere in relationships and as we, as we get over um, hardships and as we do what we talked about in the beginning of the program in terms of forgiveness, uh, what it does is it sends a message to our children saying, you know what, yes, marriage is going to be tough as we're going through things. But, but we can turn things around that were negatives. We can turn them into strength. And, I mean, gosh, what incredible life lessons and certainly very biblical examples of what the enemy would devise for evil, the Lord can use for good. And yes. so, I mean, that's just brief. I could, I could go on and on. But, but I think that's one of the greatest lessons we can, um, we can send to the next generation as far as perseverance and, and not giving up. Garrick and Noel, what is the biggest misconception that we have out there about marriage? And maybe you just touched on it a little bit, uh, but expand on that for me, will you? Yeah, you know, I think um, a way to represent this is that, you know, kind of the analogy of consumerism. And uh, we've become largely a consumeristic society over the last couple of decades. You look at the trends on this, it's very, very fascinating um, from a place of not only consumerism, but I would say individualism is also um, kind of um, racing ahead too. And, and, and what that does to the dynamic of marriage is that we, from a very young age, are conditioned, trained, and taught how to consume. It's about me and what I can get out of this, and I want that, I want this. And uh, we bring that same attitude right into marriage. And you think about um, the profound impact that that can have on a marriage when you're constantly in that place of consumerism and about yourself and individualism, um, it just, it, it's really tough to make marriage work, um, especially one that's happy, satisfying. And, and uh, so I think the flip side of that is really this idea of investing, you know, and, and are we investors in our marriage? Uh, how much are we willing to say, I'm, I'm going to choose to invest and, and fill up the love tank of my spouse. And, 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 and it's not about me. It's about them. You know, it's really this attitude of, what do I have to do to take, you know, to be, um, uh, in, a, in a place of giving rather than taking from the relationship? And when, no, oh, go ahead, finish. No, go on, Derek, you're fine. Well, I was going to say, um, and, and this whole notion in terms of investing has to do with what we really struggle with so much in our culture today is delayed gratification. Because that's what investing is. You're going to put something in now, you may not see the rewards instantaneously, but over time, you will reap those. And I think that also ties into another huge cultural issue that we have, which is just the whole fairy tale uh, idea of romance and relationships. Uh, we, we tend to be 
take our images, sadly, from Hollywood, which, you know, it's like, oh, this fairy tale. And when things don't turn out as the fairy tale, then we just kind of say, oh, well, I'm going to try something else. Yeah, Garrick, you, you hit it right in the head. That's exactly where we're heading down here as we, uh, we're moving here in terms of we have been discussing the precursor to marriage to some extent in a variety of ways. What are we looking at our children? Are we looking at, especially as you just described, what, how the culture now identifies this fairy tale uh, view of marriage? And I was really trying to figure out, are there some specific things that you are looking at from a stronger family or from the auction seminar that you say were designed to really reconstruct if I can call it that, the mindset that we bring into marriage from our relationships and what are relationships supposed to be? What do they look like? We come with these preconceived notions and then, bam, we hit the wall and realize, you know what, they're not working and we want to run. So do you think there are some specific things that you have designed in your seminar to really try to reconstruct that view of relationships coming into marriage? You, you bet. Absolutely. I mean, I think the uh, we, by design, we call the oxygen for your relationships because we wanted to work this into the fabric of society, and that's where people are at today. Um, almost marriage has a bad buzzword to it. It's, it's sad, but I think a lot of people, they see marriage as, well, that's what my parents failed at, and I don't want anything to do with it. And so even the design of the program is intentional to say oxygen for your relationships rather than oxygen for your marriage. So we wanted to attract those who maybe are at that place where they're like, you know, marriage just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, all I see is pain, broken, um, uh, miserable situations in that context. And uh, really the experience of oxygen is to move them from a place of maybe saying, I don't really understand how marriage works, to the place where there, there, there's a realization that marriage can work. It actually is the best thing um, for us at, in our relationship. I mean, there's, there's research, there's so much research to back up. People that are married and uh, are, are happier, healthier, wealthier, I mean, you just, the list goes on and on in terms of that. And I think for us, it's really helping them um, understand that marriage is not outside the context of work. It's going to take work to have a great marriage. Um, anyone that is in a great marriage, you ask them, they'll say, it's, it's not because we just put it on autopilot. We had to work at it. But with these skills and, and some of these, um, these uh, you know, practical tools that we were bringing to them in the seminar, we're giving them great um, leverage to be able to communicate better, to resolve conflict, you know, the things that are necessary for a, a great relationship to, to blossom under. Noel and Garrick, what I hear you saying is that all of our relationships affect the way that we look at the marriage relationship in particular. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Because I, th I just see you, when I hear you bring up the points, um, I see these as things you could could uh, use with all of your relationships. Am I right? Yeah, you know, I mean, just I'll just, I'll just uh, one of the things that really, I mean, if you think about oxygen, it's the seminar, and it's kind of like this, you know, we're at the, we're on the ground, really, boots on ground with it. But ultimately, I think the impact that we're, we hope and pray for is that, um, that there's, as a nation, as a country, a state, community, we've never, ever been able to rise above the spiritual condition of our marriages and families. And really, when you think about the power of the family, it is the smallest battle formation to restore the soul of a nation. And I'm convinced that what's happening at the level of, of oxygen when these couples are coming into that room really has implications for our nation as a whole in terms of when you think about a, a marriage that is healthy and is able to communicate and resolve conflict, those things are passed on to their kids in the form of them learning right from wrong and learning um, maybe for the first time what it means to respect authority and, and to, to forgive. I mean, all these things, they're, we're passing on to the next generation, and it starts with the marriage. So the, to the degree that we're able to um, speak into these marriages when they come through oxygen, I believe have huge ramifications for the long-term uh, outcome of our, of, our, of our nation, of our society. Um, as it once was said that children are that living messenger that are sent to a time that we will not see. And I really believe that, that what we're doing today in our marriages is we're sending ahead our kids to a time that we will not see. And the values, the things that we believe in really are going to be reflective in our kids. Great, great stuff. You know, I, I, I also to echo another statement that, again, you can build a family without the nation. You can't build a nation.
nation without the family. So, oh, as you guys talk about this, gentlemen, I want you to just give us some highlights of some of the things as we come towards our, our close or wrap here pretty soon. But what are some things that you've heard, literally some comments maybe that you can share with us? After people have gone through your seminars, what are some of the ones that are most memorable in your head of people that have come and said, thank you for this, because what can you share with us? Well, I'll just I'll share one uh, quick one. There was a Marine Corps couple. They had been married less than two years. Uh, they had a baby already. He had one deployment during their marriage, which meant they had actually been apart more than they'd been together. And um, their relationship was pretty much over. And um, they came to Oxygen just because they were voluntold, as the military does, um, to, to be at this seminar. And um, by the end of it, uh, just to cut a long story short, um, they, they had recognized um, and just kind of rekindled their relationship. They had some practical skills and tools. And they said, thank you so much, because he was shipping out again in three weeks. And he said, I'm going to go away now, knowing that when I come back from my deployment, my wife and my baby are going to be there. But I didn't know that they would before. Guys, one final question. What is the big lesson we want to learn from the marriage relationship as we begin to close the show today? Wow, that's a big one. <laughs> you know, I think from uh, from my perspective, and, you know, again, um, everyone comes, comes at this differently, uh, but I really think that marriage in its essence is making us more into the image of, of Christ. Um, if there's, there's not a more powerful institution to move us more more closely into the image of Christ, which I think ultimately as Christ followers, if you are a Christ follower, that's our greatest mission on, on, the, on this earth. And there's no greater catalyst than our marriages to do that. Um, because in it, we experience the profound understanding of love and, and forgiveness. And I mean, and there's also brokenness and challenges and, and heart-wrenching things that we go through. But in that, there's that commitment that's moving us more into the image of Christ. So for me, I think that's the profound... Um, understanding of marriage and, and one that we're trying to convey in, in oxygen, not necessarily uh, overtly because uh, a lot of the stuff that we do with military, it's uh, faith neutral, but under uh, the underpinnings of that is really moving couples to that understanding of this is really about being more like Christ. And I, and I would Next. say too, that this is a part of why I believe that marriage is so under attack because it's the one metaphor that, that is used in scripture for our relationship with God is marriage. And so why wouldn't the enemy want to try and, uh, and undermine that and destroy that whole understanding of, of what marriage is? Because it reflects on what our relationship is with God. That's excellent advice and a great place to leave our story today. Our guests have been Garrick Pang and Noel Mador from Stronger Families. For Zeke Bambolo, I'm Rich Hallstrom reminding you to tune in every week right here on TalkZone.com for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose.